This is the MLW Radio Network. Sounds like Jerry's chewing nuts. Jerry's eating me. something again. Jerry, no, that's not me. I'm not eating anything. So who's eating? I don't know. Not me. Oh, what? Me because I'm fat? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be Mikey eating. <laughs> mouth breather. Speaking of mouth breathers, I just finished Tiger King. Oh, we got to talk about this. That's some I have, uh, I have, uh, I forget where I am. Uh, to be perfect, to be perfect. Oh my God! Wow! Wow! Either in the show or in life, or that's such a broad statement to make. Well, ki- kind of both. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I, I kind of checked out. Of what? The show? Of, of the show. Oh, okay. Like completely, like I'm like I've I've had enough of this fucking inbred dumb fuckery. Well, you know, besides the mess. <laughs> oh yeah it's it, it's a it's a fucked up show everyone on that show is just you can't trust anybody on that show no well, here's, the, here, here's the people i feel bad for all the people that they hired the employees they seem very loyal well yeah even the ones that like david that koresh barrel. It is, it is like it is like Megan even said she's like it is it is cult like, so Yeah. What was like yeah. the sun, the sunshine and Freely's Comet people or what the hell was it? Uh, <laughs> a, 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 a Bop. The Hail Bop, yeah, the Freely's Comet, whatever the hell it was. Freely's Comet? What the hell is that? Okay, you realize half our audience isn't gonna get that reference. Oh, God. Was that Ace's uh, band? Yes. So, for all of you who may or may not exactly know what we're talking about here, so who, which one of you guys actually recommended the uh, the Tiger King? Was it Jerry or Mikey? That was my stupid ass. <laughs> so, Megan wants to spend quality time together because obviously she's busy doing online schooling for her students, and I'm doing grad school stuff. So we were like, hey, let's stand, let's spend some quality time together, and let's watch something. And I said, well, Mikey you recommended pick the Tiger King. King. Yeah, well, I said Mikey recommended it. And she said, oh, that's wonderful. You, you, know. Don't, want to, you don't want to start yeah. a family, do you? <laughs> now, I will say, as far as the Tiger King goes, and, and guys, jump in here and tell me if you agree. In the first few episodes, I didn't have anything against the guy. I didn't. They did not build him up to be the heel. He was eccentric. It's Enzo Amore's dad. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Enzo Amore's dad. Oh, oh, that's that's intense. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. You know. But then true. when he when he started to do, I mean, and I don't even mind what he did from, with a relationship perspective, but it was just like. He preyed on down and out people, and so did that other guy who um, who wore the Panama Jack hat. 
who like would bring women in when they were like 16 and like you could stay here, you can leave whenever you want, but there's a lot of brainwashing going on. That's pretty jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then they even would that uh, that Carol Baskins even showed her true colors. She didn't care that he could barely afford to eat the cats and that when he lost the whole, whole lawsuit and everything. It was like she showed she didn't even care about his cats. And he treated his cats better than a lot of people treat their dogs or cats at home. Well, oh, that's and, the case and, here. And that's how it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fucking ball liquor. Yeah, no, it's just the, the whole situation with her husband that seemed extremely, like, fishy. And she always had this nervous laughter as well. Like, everything was a big joke. She fed her husband to like, the tigers. Yeah. I'm not fucking nervous laughing, too. <clears throat> Yeah, I can't believe she, that, she, that just no one that she's not even concerned about finding what happened to her husband. Well, I guess I can believe it well, I, she got the millions from his death or, or not even death disappearance. Well, that was my thing though. It wasn't in his um his not his will or maybe it was his will. Upon my disappearance, not upon my death. It was based upon upon my disappearance and then he gave someone a letter saying if I ever happen to disappear, give this to the author- like I think she just knew the right people or something. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh. She got that fucking taken care of. Oh, my God. Tiger Ali Singh. Oh, my. Does he even still wrestle? Oh, God. Oh, thank you for the text message. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, that's that's classic right there. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, Mikey, you know, you feel bad now that you recommended it. So, do you wish you would have never spent any time watching it? Is that what you're basically saying? Yes, because now I feel like I've conformed to society because everyone said you had to watch it. So, I watched it. Now <laughs> but you didn't finish it, right? No, I didn't finish it. So, there. Oh, so you, so you don't know how the whole thing plays out and how the whole thing ends, do you? When he made the straight guy gay to marry him, from the skateboard guy, and then <laughs> I, have, I have no fucking idea what's going on at this point. I've, I've just lost my shit. Yeah, um, I will say his his lifestyle choices were definitely different. Um, God bless him. Whatever works for him. But you know, it seems... but see, that's that, he just seemed to be a very very successful. Why is he in jail? If that makes sense. Well, you didn't watch no, the I end didn't. of it. Do you mean do you mean to spoil it? Well, I'm not going to watch it, so you're not going to spoil anything. So well, okay. So let me ask you this question: How far into the storyline did you get? <clears throat> like, where did where did you stop? I saw I saw the three of them got married. <laughs> okay. Then I think I dozed off, and then woke up at some point where he's no longer on his farm, or his farm is his, his zoo, and then so, someone's <laughs> going to shoot him or some shit. And then they keep talking to him, and he's in jail now. I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. So I said, I I had enough. Okay, so basically what happened was you know that he had this internet television show, correct? He had a studio that was on... Um, yeah, the guy the, Yeah, the guy who looks the, like he's on meth himself. The guy for the Bill, the Bill he, he O'Reilly does. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, okay. Oh, shit. We, okay, hold, hold, hold on. I don't want to get sidetracked here. So he had the internet show, and you know he had the hatred for Carol Baskin, right? And he would say... 
when all is said and done, your head's going to be in this fucking jar, and that he had a blow-up doll, and he would stick dildos in her mouth. You know the whole yes. shtick, right? He also would take effigies of her and put them somewhere on the property and shoot them and whatever. Well, anyway. He's there. Oh, you know all on the video conferences? Yeah, I feel fucked up. Yeah, no one, no one else ever gets on him. Right. Well, he's, he's trying to keep No one else wants to participate. I'm, I'm doing mine from my phone because Pam's still working. Here we go. Don't touch my shit. The reason why he ended up in jail was because he got involved with some other people uh, when Financial Times got tough. Well, this this guy was not exactly of, of the highest caliber uh, either, and um, he hated Carol so bad that he... And Jerry, tell me if you agree with this. Do you think it sounded like he hired someone to kill Carol? Or do you think that it was just one of those, oh, I'm going to say something out loud. Was he friends with Tiger Ollie really too? think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I sometimes I get the feeling that that new rich millionaire who stepped in and his partner uh, scammed him, and we're setting him up. Right, I agree. So he's in jail because he got brought up on charges of attempted uh, murder for hire or hire for murder, or whatever it's called. So he's spending twenty two years in uh, federal prison. And you know what kills me? A the lot tiger of people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many people that get off with less time than that for actual murdering someone. Right. Well, there was also things that were thrown in there on the indictment, such as like um, selling exotic animals and breeding exotic animals and the fact that he allegedly killed six tigers. He said he euthanized them um, at one point, and they were on his property after the feds had raided it, and they dug up the skulls and stuff, so... At the end of the day, if you want to watch it and, and just be like, holy shit, I've lost all faith in society, then definitely watch it. I mean, yep. the girl gets her fucking arm ripped off, and the fucking guy says, I'm never going to financially recover from this. Not, oh my god, she has no arm. I feel so bad for her going, oh fuck. It, and she was an awesome employee, too. Like, she seemed like she was really dedicated. Well, I, yeah, and she went right back to work. Seven days after the attack, she was back yeah. at work. So, and then there was another guy who looked like, uh, and I shouldn't be using this reference, but he looked like a skinny version of Van Hammer with no legs. And he found this guy. guy with no legs. No, 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 no. no. He, there was a guy with no legs, but Jerry, you yeah. know who I'm talking about? The guy who had the long, shaggy blonde hair. He w- he came out of prison, and he needed a place. But he seemed like he was a good dude. He, like, he almost looked like the guy from uh, Gold Rush. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never I mean, lost uh, the guy who worked with Jack Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Hoffman. Insert of the the all elusive glory hole. Uh, hey, Lynn, we're trying to have what? a serious conversation here. Got to take it down Peter Avenue already. That is that. No, that's what they say in that show, Gold Rush, all the time. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but you're the one who brings mm-hmm. it up first. UX yeah. division people. Yeah. What? No. Mm-hmm. That, I didn't bring it up. Mikey brought it up. Gold mm-hmm. Rush. We're talking about the gay guy seducing white straight men. Yes. With tigers and men. <laughs> You're worried about think, <laughs> taking yeah, right. things seriously. Oh. <laughs> man. Jerry, what did you think about uh, the, the business partner after Tiger King was out of the way? Uh, he and his his girl, I don't know if it was his wife or not, she was pregnant and he wanted to pick out who the uh, nanny was going to be. <laughs> For their child. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-huh. And then he's already 
uh, tell, you know, pretty much hinting, you know, get your butt in the gym as soon as the kid's born. Yeah. Get back into shape. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. He was brutal. Wow. Maybe I should finish this. Mikey, you need, you need to make yourself some chicken parm when we're done tonight and just watch it. It's only seven episodes, so you're already, what, two or three in already? Something like that. My, my self-esteem is pretty low, so this might really do me up. I really need this in my life. You're probably already halfway done with this. So you may as well finish it. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I might as well have a payoff to the waste of my life. How do you like <laughs> music videos? Oh, my God. That, is that really you know him? What? That was a real thing. That that was a real thing. No, he sounds good. Yeah. What else is good on Netflix? I need another one to watch now. A lot of people are saying something about Ozarks. Oh, Ozarks is the is is my number one draft pick if I were to recommend anyone to watch it. But if you haven't seen it, go back and watch seasons one and two first. And then go watch season three. Binge watch it. Yeah. I think you guys would love it. I'm going to start from the most recent episode and go backwards. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Why? God. Oh, my God. I like to go forward and reverse. Okay. Good grief. You just hurt my head saying that. <laughs> you know, Jerry, now that you're not using a computer, you actually sound really clear. So that's... Well, that's because I have the uh, iPhone 8. I'm kind of a big deal around here. <laughs> It sounded like you were going into a friend of ours from Calgary for this for a second. I oh, did no. for a second. That's what I did think was coming. Like, oh, here we yeah. go. <laughs> uh, I got the iPhone 8. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Speaking of voices. I still like my flip phone. Oh, shit. Flip phone. So, He's got the one you put the piece to that you put the earpiece to your thing and start spinning the dial. Yeah. <laughs> one ringy dingy. <laughs> so I, I do want to call Jerry out on something he said on last week's episode. He oh, used the no. phrase. Hold on, hold on, and I clarified this with Mikey because uh, <laughs> Mikey and I spent a lot of quality time together this past week. So I'll fuck um, off. <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> We did. We spent a lot of quality time together. I heard yet that you messed up your computer really bad. Well, you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But five I would like fucking hours. Mm-hmm. T- talking to me, They're trying and to that help was, this guy, and yep. it was it was good. We we bonded. We had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we I bonded. heard you downloaded some bad software and gave your, your computer a virus. I was trying to do some production stuff, and uh, I made a lot of very. Poor choices with different things. I wasn't uh, very novice, or I am too novice when it comes to technology. So, mm-hmm. but what I will say is that Jerry, did you use the phrase "Mac Daddy" last week? Oh, another one. <laughs> <laughs> I usually use that phrase when I'm talking about like a top shelf Mac Daddy margarita. Or okay, and you just used the phrase again to describe how you use the phrase. Yes. Wow. Okay. I was just I was I was wondering how that all came about and I'm editing and I'm thinking what is this? I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. It just You, you still wear know. a fanny pack, Jerry, like the boys do? You wear a fanny pack with all your stuff? Which, you know what? It's in now, but I don't have one. 
fanny packs were nice great. little sleek black leather ones from Wilson's Leather. What was what was something else, um, Jerry? Do we, with your cell phone, do you have that side little um, pouch that a lot of uh, people have? What? No. You know what I'm talking about. You know, well, certain people at a certain age they have that <laughs> cell phone and. And they put like it's like on their belt clip, and they like slide their phone into it, and it's got like a little Velcro flap. I was just wondering. Okay, I had one of those when I had the flip phone. Okay, you had one. <laughs> Where you hook it onto your belt? Yeah, shut up. Oh my god. Oh, Jerry Lynn. What? Jerry what? Lynn. Wow. Wow. What? Nothing. I'm just learning so much about you, and it's just it's it's fascinating. It's that was fascinating. 15 years ago. Well, you're still using the phrase Mac Daddy, so some things obviously uh, <laughs> Only when some I things talk take about a while. Certain things. Are there any other uh, – let me ask you this. Are there any other phrases that you use that I should be aware of oh, going probably. forward? Oh, probably. There's probably a bunch. Wow. Like Mikey? What was the one that we used? I um, can't remember now. I erased it, I think. Darn it. It was on our text messages. You know the one guy that married Joe Exotic? Which one? The one <laughs> missing all the teeth? or The, the other one with no teeth. Yeah, the one with no teeth. He looks like a low rent Batista. Oh, oh my god! A low rent Batista. Oh my god. Like, like when you like when you go to a shitty indie, and they have like imposter WWE stars, like Hulk Hogan. You know, this. hold it, hold it, time out. But we got to pause this. There are some low grade indie shows that actually have their performers pretend that they're former big name oh, stars yeah, overseas all the time, like in India and stuff. Oh yeah, there's like an Indian fake Hulk Hogan. Really. Yes. Does this everyone know he's a fake? Is, probably not. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, my fake God. Well, Indian Hulk Hogan. When I was still living up in Minneapolis, uh, the local watering hole I used to go to, the one of the owners of the There's bar one. came up to me, and he goes, uh, do you know Vader? I go, yeah. He goes, well, there's a guy sitting over there in a booth telling everyone he's Vader. Can you tell me if he really is or not? And I looked, and I just started laughing. I just said, no. And it reminds me of Mikey's phrase. He was like a low-rent Vader. Some guy pretending to be Vader. Oh. Wow. It, it was so funny, because the guy was just like a big, fat blob. Like, he hadn't done anything physical or athletic in his entire life, and he's running around pretending he's Vader. I'm trying to find Hulk Hogan, India. I just sent you guys a text message of a guy who... Uh... I don't know if this guy goes around claiming he's Hulk Hogan or whatever. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> what? Oh, oh that's that was the a one Mac Mike Daddy impersonation. Sent? Is that the one? Mike? No, that's the one. Oh, no, that's the one said. I sent. That's the one. That's I him. Sent. Yeah, that's yeah, him. That guy's, that's yeah, I was going to say he looks like he's from India. But there's okay. If, okay, you listen, me and Gene. You little bitchin'. Oh shit. Take your vitamins, say bread to Allah. Or Buddha, what are they? Allah, what are they over there? Oh my god. What you gonna do, brother? Buddha or Allah? That's two separate parts of the fucking world. (laughs) We don't have Titan Towers, we have Taj Mahal. Oh, what do you do, brother? Oh my god. SDHD. Respiration. 
<laughs> wow. Oh, this guy is amazing. Big boot leg drop, finish. One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, let me guys, let me ask you guys this question because we've obviously seen it. That does not work for me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work for me. What do you guys think of the fans who dress up as the wrestlers? I think it's that great. depends when they're doing it. Right. Exactly. I think it is actually pretty cool, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, I agree. Um, I think it's cool because, and I think it's really neat when the kids decide to do it because it really, really shows that they're they're into it, which is which is really nice. I like that. But some of the, okay, I hate to say this, and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get a lot of people not happy with me, but if you're a wrestling fan, listen, if you want to dress up, I'm cool with that. But the belt people coming to the shows, uh, what? I don't know. That. Usually, yeah. aren't they usually bringing them to get them autographed? Or are they just bringing them to carry them? Says the Midwestern Furry Convention. It's an air flap, okay? It's for sure. ventilation. But no, the, like the people the people in the urinals in these events, like holding their strap, like, oh, I, I don't know. I feel like it's too much. If you want to let, if you want to dress up or wear a shirt, I get it. You don't gotta bring your damn belt, you and like you, you know. You know, you know how many of those uh, fucking things we signed? People love to have their belt inside. Well, no, but if it's but if it's like a TV show, like if it's like a Raw or a SmackDown or whatever it is, you're probably not gonna get to interact with the talent. You're just sitting in your in your seat. I don't know. I just feel like it's like I like it. I enjoy going to the show, but I'm not gonna be bringing a bunch of belts. That's just my take. I, I had a guy – I actually saw this. A guy cut a promo in character on another guy in the bathroom. Like to me, mm, a little too far. What? Yeah. I was in the restroom and a guy, a belt guy – Okay, and I'm not against belt people because I have a belt. I collect. I have no problem with that if you want to display it in your home. But he was cutting a promo in character on another guy in the bathroom and they were going back and forth with each other. And it's like – <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, this is why wrestling fans get so much shit. Because you got some, some people act like douche rockets. Jerry, you laughed because you know well, I'm right. I just, I don't know. That's right, Bubba. Mikey. Is this, is this Dexter Channing motherfucker? Are you coming to humble me? I've, <laughs> I've, I've humbled you. Well, we, we should talk about that on air. A year ago. It's been a year already. Has it really? A year, a couple weeks ago, yeah. Oh In case God. you're wondering, everybody, this is Channing Dexter. Decker Channing. Is, uh, Channing. is Dexter Channing, is he supposed to have a video portion of this? Am I supposed to be seeing you fellas now? You don't need to see me. Okay, fantastic. That's true. Here's the deal. He never, Mikey never turns on his camera, and, and Jerry, I don't know, technologically can't have a camera. He's not I allowed by his wife. One. but I have one, I just don't have it hooked up. <laughs> Jerry, you Jerry bought a web camera and decided in the middle of a show to get a pair of scissors out and start opening up. So all we hear is it looks like a five year old was opening up Christmas Day gifts. And I'm like, Jerry, what are you doing? He's like, I got a webcam. Of all times, you're doing it right in the middle of a fucking show. You should ask Mikey when he invited me for the call. You should see when he planned that out. It was great. Oh no. Yeah, like two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have Skype five minutes ago. <laughs> well, you, you texted me this afternoon. 
to say, hey, yeah, you know, I got the ball rolling, of course. Listen, to, I didn't know he played Jericho and and Black Tiger in the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Wow. That's right. It was a, it was an exciting experience. It was very cool. It was uh, they contacted me through Instagram, thought I could do Jericho, and uh, by the time I got there. They wanted me to try some of the frog splashes and things that he did back in the day, and uh, put me under the hood, and away I went. Where did they? Where did they shoot wow. that? That's awesome. They shot it right at, uh, right around. Uh, well, Mikey will appreciate this. Right in Greektown, actually, uh, right in Toronto, centralish Toronto. Uh, little Love studio Greektown. over here, and uh, yeah, little studio ring setup, and uh, we just recreated some of Eddie's and Chris's matches, and uh, just to walk the ring with uh, Tyson Dukes. If you if you guys, any guys are familiar with Tyson. Very cool oh, yeah. experience to work with him on the project. It was awesome. We do. Yeah, Greetown is my favorite Tyson. place. Ever. No, that means a lot, to, uh, Mike. You know that. We went there well, at Christmas time, and it smelled like Christmas trees and pot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, in fairness, we were hanging out at the church. That's true. Yeah, they, well, they have they were selling the Christmas trees downstairs. That's right. <laughs> that that's a true indie when you're selling Christmas trees at the back of your show. <laughs> I remember the the first time Mikey told me that he was going to Greektown and was telling me about it, and he was saying, you know, it's a family-owned thing, and it is super tight and great environment. I really look forward to going there, and it was just like he was so excited to freely. do that. And then <laughs> when he was telling me – Yeah, he hardballs me, man. He gives me tough love. You're not supposed to uncork this stuff. <laughs> so, sorry, but he was just – he was <laughs> over the moon, so he really enjoyed it, so – it was That's it was right. it was the Mac well, Daddy I don't right here. I can't wait to get up there. Once Jerry will thing, tell you. Well, we we, we almost—it's it's been two or three tie, tries now since we almost had Jerry here. Actually, I know it's too bad. We're getting closer and closer, Jerry. It's nice to well, talk to you finally. <laughs> I'm hoping I have at least five years before I have any other surgeries. So that gives us a real window to work with with the coronavirus here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know. Maybe yeah. I'll have about six months to play with there. <laughs> I love Greek Town. I've, I wow. fucking love Greek Town. Let me say this again. <laughs> I fucking love Greek Town. I, I bet you didn't think that Tajiri would come back to tag with you, did you? No, I knew he would. Oh, okay. I wasn't so sure. I thought he was he was worried about something. I don't know what it was. Well, he was worried about me, I think. Or he was drunk, one of the two. Well. Likely both. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To Jerry drinking? Come on. Well, Jerry, Jerry will tell you, I hate to leave my house. Mm-hmm. I believe except it. Now, except now that I can't leave my house. I don't <laughs> leave my house right. But I tell him, I said, Jerry, I, I can't wait to go to Greektown. Yep. And you're, and you're getting, you're itching for your big return whenever any of us get to return to pro wrestling. But, but uh, right. I'm excited to have you back. That's for damn sure. I mean, I lost weight to work your show. I couldn't believe the, like, well, the one that did me was when you told me you turned down. I'm gonna bl- put you on blast for this. You turned down MJF to work with MJF at Joey's show, yep. and, and uh, for some reason you said yes to me. So I always felt like that was the biggest compliment you could have paid me. You know, I have respect for all those guys involved. So it was very cool that you did that. Yeah, it was. I uh, I just love it up there. <laughs> well, we love I, you. I, there's, there's a kid. There's a vibe. There's a kinship. There's an energy. I, I can't explain it, but it, you know, you know it. It's there. It does. It is. I'm not going to say it's an ECW vibe because you guys have your act together, but, but it, de- it definitely it just has that whole, you know, family mentality. Well, Jerry, I'll say this. Mikey said, oh, congrats. Uh, I hope they paid you well for Dark Side of the Ring. I said, yes, they paid me 1995 ECW money. Oh, boy. And what did I say? And what did I say? 
so well so that what was that that was a hot dog a bag of chips and a hotel if you're lucky yes well it was better than 2001 pcw money that would have meant <laughs> bounced oh for shit how many of those bounced on you jerry oh I, I i can't even remember oh gosh for a while there it was every other week jesus Somebody, hey. well, well, checks were bouncing. This was 98, end of 98, right before I went to WCW. Somebody asked Lance Storm, he said, Lance, how do you jump so high? How do you get such spring in your shoes? He goes, oh, I just take Paul's checks and put them on the bottom of my sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mikey, Mikey, did you tell me that you got heat for doing overperforming in your match with Kidman? Yes. I That's right. It was you who told me that, right? Yeah, because I remember thinking to myself how good that match was, and then you know the rest of the feuds that they lined you up with. <laughs> that that was the end of me. Yeah. That was that was where you hit the brick road, eh? or the wall, so to say. Eh? The next night on Nitro, after I, I lost to Kidman, I was mm. supposed to come out, fuck Kidman for the belt, and put it on Ray. Really? Yeah. And but, why did that get guy botched? Well, because I, Virgil had to follow me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I got buried. That was it. That match. That was the end. Yep. You, wait, Virgil, Virgil buried you? Yes. <clears throat> no. <laughs> Virgil buried Mikey Whipwreck. You heard uh, it here first, folks. This uh, is big stuff. I'm it was our match. It was our match, and then the match that had to follow us was Virgil and, and Stevie Ray in the battle yes. for the NWO Black. Oh no! I remember that match. Is that oh, uncensored? Do. Really? Where was that? I was uncensored. Yep. Uncensored. Yeah, I remember that. And apparently, that did not sit too well. Oh, wicked. It's so funny that that's the truth. <laughs> you know, it's one of those killer match. You know, I remember. Is I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I remember feeling like that was one of the more psychology-driven based cruiserweight championship matches that I'd see Kidman have. You know, I don't mean to shit on Hoovy and all those other guys. I just feel like they got into a weird thing of trading false finishes without rhyme or reason versus to what you guys did. You, does that sound right, or might be crazy? That yes. sounds right. I, oh, okay. <laughs> I slowed it down and right. added a little bit of a hardcore edge to it without going oh, like on the tables and the garbage cans. Yeah. Just just some more more of the, the bumps because, you know, I wasn't going to compete with Ray and Hoovy and all them with their aerial and their mm. smooths. You know what I mean? Right. So I figured I would just bring a different edge to it. Well, you always and, take your gnarly bumps, that's for sure. Yeah, and and you know that's that was my my plan to do, and everybody was all gung ho with it, and then the match happened, and then <laughs> you know that was the end of that. Fantastic. Jimmy Hart wanted to be with me in the worst way. He kept really? pushing. Yes, he kept pushing to have me in his stable. What did you see? Because How he he wanted. I, I, I was. Are you kidding? I'm like fuck yeah, please, Jimmy yeah, Hart. Interesting. He because I hate cutting promos. Hate it. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know that. Absolutely. You don't even like talking it. on the phone, really. No. So, hey, <laughs> have a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. You said it. You guys. He know. hates doing that's this, Janik. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Dexter. You guys. <laughs> but I'm like fucking. One, I could be with probably one of the greatest managers of all time, Jimmy Hart. I was a big fan of Jimmy Hart. He can do all the talking, and I get to be with fucking Jimmy Hart. Sounds like but it works out for everybody. Never went anywhere. Jeez. Well, he was kind of managing a lot of people at the time, was he not? He kind of had like the the Dungeon to Doom type thing. Yes. But I, I didn't give a fuck. I would change my. I would change it up a little bit. Imagine Mikey Whipwreck in the Dungeon of Doom. Well, he had. I don't know if it was the Dungeon of Doom then, but he had Hugh Morris. 
Ooh, I don't know if he had being at that point or whatever, but mm. he wanted to do something with the game changer there, you know? the cruiserweights, and it just it just never worked. Yeah, and now, flash forward all these years Brexit, later, was it? Oh, what's that, Brett? Yeah, Jerry. That wasn't when he was huge. Direction was it, or what was he then? No, no, that was that was, that was before he was a dick. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. What was it? Huge erection. Yeah. Humorous? Did did, did either did either Mr. Humorous? Did either of you boys work the Indies with him before WCW? I worked with him. He was in ECW briefly. Oh really? That's Crash the Terminator. Oh, what year is that? Eighty four. Oh, be ninety five. I think it was ninety four. Super early. And when I was there, he was humorous still. It's okay. When, it's, it's before he was a dick. Uh, and then he became a real right. <laughs> that, yeah. Then he was I'm huge. Glad we're just kind of coming out direction. With it. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Huge erection. Wasn't that his name? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, it's like, I think it was. I don't know if it had an E in front. I thought that was just Rex. Wait, no, 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 no. Time out, time out. You're talking about his, his WCW character. It was General Rection. Because he was part of the Misfits in Chavo? Action. With Chavo and... Um, what was Chavo? Oh, uh, Lash LaRue. What was Chavo? Uh, that's a really good question here. Let me look that up real quick here. I can't. You guys are calling like a boner, and I'm thinking, are you guys just like hating on this guy? Like, what's that's true. Where are we going with this? Okay, let's see here. Right, General Rection and uh, Misfits in Action. W. We'll trip down memory lane here. Here we got. Okay, Misfits in Action. I thought I thought Van Hammer was a pothead. (laughs) You said member. Huh? Have you have you seen have you seen Tiger King by the way? Because I don't know if you jumped in. I've I've already watched uh, front to back, of course, like everybody else. Yes. What, what was your thoughts on that? I mean, oh my god! I you know what? If if the first episode was the whole series, that would have been a throw ride in itself. I just couldn't believe the twists and turns in that saga. Uh, I think there's an unbelievable pro wrestling character or slew of bad independent versions of Joe Exotic to follow. Uh, you know, it's such an entertaining take. Why would you want? How, how into detail do you want me to go into my Joe Exotic opinions right now? Hey, That's hey, enough. You, you, <laughs> you can share as much as you want, my friend. Um, before, before. Well, I feel like Joe got done dirty. I think we all know it. We all know yeah. that Carol Baskin's up to no good. Yes. Oh Mike, yeah. You my know it. I know is, it. Carol, if you're listening, you know it. Yeah. How many people on the? <laughs> how many people on the Indies are going to do a Joe Exotic gimmick now? Do you remember Jock Sampson, Mikey? Yes. Yes, I hope he does, and I hope he gets signed doing it. <laughs> hasn't uh, hasn't oh. Cody Deaner been doing that for years? Pretty much, actually, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Cody I said that. Hey, giving her. He has been given. Where would you remember Cody from, uh, Jerry? Huh? Where would you have first met Cody? Uh, he reminded me years later that I first met him in Orlando when we were oh. doing TNA down there. This and is, what, 07 or 06, or what year oh, is this? Maybe before that, even okay, Maybe early like two thousand four, something ah. like that. Yeah, and it was a crazy night when uh, it was a pretty wild party night, and uh, yeah. we were in, that was when we were in the parking lot, and I was pushing Eric Young in a shopping cart into a bunch of bushes. <laughs> was it, is there a video that followed of that, or did I see that somewhere? I don't think there is. No, okay, that's too bad. <laughs> Jock Sampson has renamed his Twitter account the Goat King. 
There you go. Okay, good. You're doing your, the homework. <laughs> You'll be happy to know we're talking about him. Jock, what's up, buddy? Oh, my God. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, uh, Jerry, would Cody Diener have been Cody Steele at that time? Maybe. He, or he would I, don't, just... I don't know if he was doing the Cody Diener gimmick then. No, I don't. Th- that was until Duck Dynasty later, I think, was the deal. Okay, yeah. Whenever that got popular. Duck Dynasty, man. I, you know, that, that it was a, had a cult-like following. Yes, it did. Those duck folks. We were watching that for a while. What was the one brother's name who, who I was always talking about the war? He'd have stories about back in the war in Vietnam oh, and stuff. You mean uh, Uncle Cy? Yeah, Uncle Cy. <laughs> he was awesome. That was the highlight what of the show he, for her. Is he, is he dead? No. <laughs> Uncle Cy. Oh, no. Uncle Cy. No, he's, he's still alive. I actually was about to go to an autograph signing where you had to sleep in the parking lot overnight to get tickets at a Bass Pro. Oh, Jesus. That was a shit show. <laughs> oh, my God. That was interesting. No regrets, eh? No. Uncle Sai so, is 71 years old. Yeah, he was my favorite part of the show. So, by the way. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell? Mikey. Oh, we're talking about hillbillies. I was thinking about the Dubs and Kid Cash. Oh no! <laughs> 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 no you guys have lost it, haven't you? You've been drinking. <laughs> oh yeah, they have. <laughs> Long ago. Channing, do, you, do you remember the Dups? The which? The Dups. Oh, Dup. I don't. They were in ECW for a little bit, but the they Dups. worked. You did like a southern. Was it bowed up and jacked up or what? Yeah, huh. fucked up. And they did like a southern, like a like a, a redneck type gimmick. Mm. Yeah, and like they, deliverance. Yeah, they broke up. They broke Kid Cash's jaw. Oh fuck! So Kid Cash, he said, "Dave, what happened?" Oh, <laughs> 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 jaw wired shut, and he couldn't say the goddamn dubs. So <laughs> what? <laughs> what was the what was the US it was it a USWA tag team that was kind of like a hip hop tag team from the south in ECW for a minute there? That was probably PG PG thirteen. PG thirteen. It was Wolfie D and Jamie Dundee. Yep. Now there's was the it's... fucking there's the fucking Tiger King right there. Wolfie that, D that's the Ice, yep. Jamie Dundee. Yeah. Were they Smoky Mountain or USWA or was that what was going on? I don't know what that was. I think they were they were both. They were, yeah. Originally US originally USWA. Yeah. And, they and then that was kind down. of the end of the road for them or what happened to them? No, they end up being oh. in the Nation of Domination with um Ah. Yeah, so they were they would rap as they would go to the ring and then they would do the whole fist thing at the end with Clarence Mason. I did not Did you say they'd do a fisting at the end? They would. They would they would do a very violent fisting at the end, yes. <laughs> you know what? I thought that's what you said, and it was different from uh, how I remember. You know, they would do the, yeah. the Black Panther fist in the air thing. You might you have, have a Panther you salute. Have you have on a Saturday night. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, well, started Monday, the sham- they started with the shampoo bottle and moved on. Wow. Oh, God. Woof. So getting back to your to your question about who were the members, without anyone looking any information up here, uh, obviously you already have one of the answers. Well, you have a couple of the answers. So you know Hugh Morris was captain, and then he became general rection, R-E-C-T-I-O-N. He was the leader. And then uh, you knew Chavo was in the group, but what was Chavo's name? Does anybody remember off the top of their head? Van Hammer was in the group as well. He was named, known as Private, and then he became Major Stash. 
I remember so. Booker T. In Booker T was in the group. He was known as GI Bro. Um, Chavo Guerrero was Lieutenant Loco. The Wall. See, that's 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 kind of lame. The Wall. The Wall, who I found out passed away. Um, I guess many years ago. I remember when they were in. Oh my gosh, where were they? Were they in Daytona, or they were doing a, a outdoor nitro, and the Wall was on the top of a building. And he was, like, challenging Hulk Hogan. And it was, uh, mm. I guess that was the height of his career. He was known as Sergeant Wasn't AWOL. was the giant with the monster truck? <laughs> that was top of what, Cobalt? That was on top of yeah. Cobalt Hall, yeah. With the, with the monster truck. <laughs> What's your favorite training facility, Mikey? The, the what again? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and then last... Lash LaRue was known as uh, Corporal Cajun. So, What was the gal's name who was with him? Major Guns. She there had you big go. tits. Yeah. There you go. She had big arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big ones. <laughs> big ones. We need Lash to make a comeback. Sure. Lash, Lash LaRue? If you say so. We need LaRue to hit the Indies hot. <laughs> they were talking about putting me with a, a tag team with him, too. Really? Called the Whiplash. Yeah. Ooh, Whiplash. Is that the, as bad as it got, or did you have any really bad gimmick ideas they tried to throw at you? Oh, well, they put me in a match with Van Hammer. That's a good start. <laughs> you don't. You don't really recover from that. And I, I, had, I, how- I had an absolute shit show of a match with. Uh, no offense. With. Uh, 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 what's his name? Fucking. Uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing. Who are we talking about? Channing Tatum. Talk, Channing Tatum. Channing yeah. Tatum's an actor, Jerry or uh, Mikey. Yeah, we talking about buddy. What do you mean, ta- Ch- Channing Tatum? Like what? Chase Tatum. Chase Tatum. Chase Tatum. Chase, Chase Tatum. John Tatum's kid. Hollywood John Tatum, his kid. <clears throat> I don't even remember him. Yeah, I'm I've not... never heard. Hollywood John Tatum. You don't know <laughs> Hollywood John Tatum, guys? I know Hollywood John. I wrestled him down in oh, Global. J- Oh, wicked. There you go. Well, I wrestled this kid. I guarantee your match was better. What is so, the feeling walking to the back when you're at that level and you just lay an egg like that? <laughs> this was the this was the night in first of all, he wouldn't listen to anything I had to say. He thought Uh-oh. he knew everything. And he want, he he threw a drop kick at me. Mm. He drop kicked me like in the knee or like I don't it was it was the fucking <laughs> It was a long worst, shot. It was the worst dropkick I've ever seen or, or ever taken. <laughs> and I just remember going, fucking... And he was, he's telling me I fucked it up. Oh. I said, oh. I'm... I said, so... Meanwhile, we're kind of arguing a little bit in the ring. Perfect. In the ring? That's a little bit. Now? A little bit. A little bit. Not like... You couldn't really tell, but I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? I go, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and then I remember Sid came out. And Sid, Sid wanted to do him. I don't know if it was a power a power bomb or a choke slam or what it was. And Sid wanted to do he wanted to do him first and then do me because he figured he'd get me up real high. And he knew I'd go up for him. And he's like, No, 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 do, do Mikey first and then do me because it'll be more impressive if you do it to me. I'm going, dude, you're not that big, but okay. Yeah, you're standing next to fucking Sid. Like you don't look yeah. that big. Yeah. And he didn't go up very well. 
I took my bump, and he, he I don't think he went up very well, or Sid was a little pissed off. And I am begging Sid as a choke slam me over the top to the floor. Oof. Because I, I wanted to get hurt and take it out so bad and just go home. Ugh. And instead? Was, <laughs> <laughs> instead, I came back. I walked through the curtain. And that was the night Kiss was in. And Ace Freely and Peter Chris stand there like, oh, really good match, guys. And I went, get, I went, I went, what? I went you got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> Too funny. But that was, that was cool as shit because we watched Kiss do... Uh, that was God of Thunder, I think. But they did the whole. That's when they debuted the Demon, Del Torborg in the in the thing. Well, they did the whole stage show in street clothes, uh, so it was pretty cool. Paint or no paint? No paint. They, they did the whole like theatrics and everything else with the lights and the and the dress rehearsal. Um, but it was pretty cool. They were all just street clothes. Oh, and the rest of you got to watch it. Yeah, it was like it was a pretty cool visual. Ah, oh, wicked. Seeing Kiss out of gimmick, just doing the dress rehearsal, lip syncing God of Thunder. Phenomenal, yeah, it's good stuff. When did they took? But they had they had uh, they had demasked earlier in their careers, had they not? <clears throat> yeah, but this was during their reunion tour. When they came back when they were going for. They wanted to live it all the way out, or lick it all the way out, whatever you want to call it. Lick it up. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to understand, it. Mikey. There's an Mikey. age difference here. You know. I know. I, don't don't make I, Jerry feel bad about himself. I'm trying to punch. Mikey. I'm trying to punch <laughs> up above my weight class here. I think Paul Stanley needs to cut a promo on him. Goddamn! <laughs> Whoa, that was Jim Cornette. No, no, that was Bruce Pritchard doing Jim Cornette. I don't do Jim Cornette. That's true. I'm all fucked up. I'm calling... I'm chatting... <laughs> Who knows who's next? You might call Freddie Mercurio next. Oh, I would. We love He'd love Freddie. to talk. I know. He can't stop talking. That I don't. I don't even know where the fuck I am anymore. I've completely lost my shit. Somewhere, somehow, some we were doing some sort of conversation, and I've lost it. Speaking of that conversation, did you ever send that text uh, to Jerry that I sent that little video, the little clip? Which one? The little one of me doing, uh, you know, my little, uh, little, little homage, my little ode to Jerry. No, I don't. Oh know. come on, Mike. Jeez, big, big Watts. What are you doing, man? You're supposed to have send that over. Have you been not talking to me for the past 20 minutes? You know I'm half retarded. Well, well <laughs> more, longer than 20 minutes. Jared's great. Only I've been, half? I've been, uh, I've been working that chair uh, deal you did all those years ago with uh, RVD where you end up putting it on the ground and doing a leg drop. You know, I just try to put my own spin on it here and there and just uh, bring fans back to uh, your work kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, a little shout out? little shout out, you know? I don't find oh. anybody. And, I, and the... Uh, the uh, leg drop through the ropes I like to do, too. Oh, okay. The, the, like the, the spring, like the sling kind of thing, like that one. I find that that's really totally lost, that kind of anticipation-based offense, like real sport-based offense, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I just oh, think cool. it's phenomenal. So <laughs> thanks for uh, contributing that to my repertoire. I appreciate that. Oh, it's all yours. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can't do it like you, but I'll try to do it best I can. All righty. No, it's all yours. Thanks. I'm honored. I just sent Jerry and Freeland a picture of how I feel right now. Oh, boy. Let me oh, see. Oh, God. What is this going to be? Channing, let me ask you a question yeah. here real quick. So uh, uh, how long did it take before you realized <laughs> that we were butchering your name on the show for forever when I was trying to ask Mikey, I just, what the hell is this? That's how I feel right now. That's how I feel right now. I'm pretty sure that it is still a rib. Dexter Channing, uh, well, motherfucker. 
Dexter Channing, Chandler Decker, you know, you get them all. I think there was a Gary Shandling in there at one point yeah, in time. Gary Shandling? Like, My brother would be happy to hear that. Oh, the Gary God. Shandling guy. Who was the guy? No, he said my brother's a big Gary Shandling guy. That's how I, the only reason why I know him. <laughs> oh, nice. He's a, I mean, Let me... Gary Shandling's kind of a relic of the past for many of the modern day younger listeners, I would say. Gary Shandling yes. didn't really carry over too much. No, he didn't. Correct. In a, I wonder why. He was no. he was never mainstream mainstream. I mean, he had like the Gary Shandling show and there's some other, something else he did. He was offbeat, was he? He was an offbeat kind of guy. Yeah, so he, 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 he was, was never yes. really big, big. So he, he was very dry. The driest. How, how how did this fucking up his name come to be? How did uh, his name come to be? Excessive drinking probably is where it begins. <clears throat> well, it might have been what no, I stopped it's drinking. The, uh, it's the uh, Iron Sheik promo. Oh, that's right, the Iron Sheik promo. So I had to. Say, yes. I couldn't say your name right. So I couldn't say Janning Decker. I had to say that's right, Dexter Channing. <laughs> had to had to fuck with it a little bit. After it got botched, we just it just ran with it. He just started calling you every every derivation of anything that started with the letter C and D, and it oh. was just like, like, all right. Yeah, you know what's well. fucked up? I can't call anybody by their real name, right? It's always the gimmick name. Yeah, me too. That's true. Except you. That's the way it's always been, though. I, I can't. I can't. I can't call Channing. I can't call him Channing. What do you call me? Uh, when we're together, I don't know. What do you call me? <laughs> I call you your real name. You do? I never call you your real name. No. <laughs> I never do And this either. is the thing that confuses the daylights out of me. Because you you would think that you guys would just, when you're done being in front of the audience, refer to each other as your regular name. Like, hey, Bob, nice job out there. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, you'd be like, hey, Lightning Dick, really great match. <laughs> like, I, I didn't realize that shit continued, but I guess it does. I would say that it, it, in my experience, that it varies. I think Mikey is very much a Mikey, uh, but I think between him and I, it's also there's a bit of a there's a mentorship quality to our relationship. So you know, it's a bit of a respect thing too that I think I share for him. So I don't know if that's how he looks at it, but uh, that's how I've always justified it or thought about it in my mind, anyways. I just it, it's just nice. Chatting is too hard to say, and I have a fucking <laughs> speech impediment. So for me to say it, it's just fucked up. So your your shoot names is easier to say. Well, I'm glad you're putting in the work to to try so hard to say it, though. I appreciate that. I do try. <laughs> I do. Know, I, I feel think, flattered. Honestly, I think that's why I fuck it up all the time. So if I do fuck it up, it's like I'm just fucking around. It's all part of it now. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the on purpose botches Be- like Sabu. Because Channing is so hard to say. It is for me. It is Chandler. See Chandler, Channing, oh, Dexter, God. Decker. See, it's it's too fucked up. You get them all. I, I, I was given my shoot name when I first met guys in Japan, and they looked at me like I had four eyes. They thought it was the weirdest thing. It was like only mm-hmm. only work names. <laughs> it was very strange at first. Wow. Let me ask you this. You um, Your your trunks, they're kind of like the the longer version of the trunks. Is that an homage to Terry Funk? Absolutely it is. It's uh, That's what I, I mean, thought. I mean, the pattern, you know, I definitely, well, my whole deal, everything I wear, uh, I try to do a little bit for, you know, a few of the people that inspired me or, you know, you know currently uh, are, I'm drawing from that kind of a thing. You know, even Mikey, I speak to him regularly about little just tributes and things to the past I can pay, even just for some information or history or background on stuff. You know, I find that having context to certain things really just helps, you know, even just learning a new style or just to do, you know, work with new people, that kind of a thing. So, just something for me to draw from, really. Let me ask you this question. It, it's it's we ask a lot of people this question, but who was the the main influence that got you wanting to do this? Was there 
was there one individual that you saw and you were like, wow, you know, I really like with, with this, you know, this personality or was it just you just became immersed in it or was it this was the family business, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about that. No, I mean, I couldn't have come up in any further from a family that would have been oriented towards wrestling. You know, I mean, Mikey's met both my folks. He knows they're conservative, you know, regular, wonderful, brilliant, you know, awesome people. people. Awesome, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Mikey. You know, um, but conservative in, in a sense where you know something like professional wrestling would have been totally outside of their realm of expectations or possibilities. You know, so uh, how did I get onto the, how did I get onto this now? Remind me before I get too drunk on this wine here. What was I saying? Just who kind of uh, inspired you? Drinking a lot on our show. Well, what kind of professional? I mean, for me, <laughs> I was going to say if you're not drunk on this show, you're not trying hard enough, and you won't get booked again. So keep drinking. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm. I'm Half a bottle in, so I got a ways to go. Uh, I don't. I, I when I would have been a kid, it was just an absolute. I mean, it would been the attitude area when I would have been real little. So just growing up in that, it would be basically impossible to have not been around wrestling. I was always super into athletics and performance, like music. So it was something I always really wanted to do. But I guess the most literal uh, direct link would have been I had been hooked on watching AJ Styles on Impact Wrestling and got an email from a wrestling school that I had inquired about you know, as a younger guy or whatever. And they said to come in for a free week. So I literally took them up on their offer and it would have been off of that, that I ended up at wrestling school only seven years ago, eight years wow. ago. Wow. <laughs> Which, where'd you go to school? Uh, Rob Fuego trained me here in Toronto at uh, squared circle wrestling. See Toronto. That's such a great fucking wrestling town too. It, I think it is. I think it is. And I think the history is ever evolving, you know, hopefully I can continue to contribute to that. Love it. One day at a time, Mikey, we're doing it. We're building the road, aren't we? Don't think you don't have a receipt coming for that Montreal fucking to Toronto drive. Uh-oh. <laughs> we had a blast. Oh, think about the, the soul connecting that happened there between you and I. Who stayed up the whole time? It was you and me, baby. Who was the best co-pilot ever? You, well, Ferris, you were also the only co-pilot. <laughs> you were the best. <laughs> That's right. You win. Oh, God. Well, we, we, had, we had Guido with us. We did have, oh man, that's the best, well, that was, he was fuck. keeping us going, feeding us uh, anecdotes, we'll say, he's feeding us anecdotes. He's a I funny guy. This trip will be great, Mike. <laughs> why do you, I'm, I'm glad know, he sold I, you on it. I don't know why he calls me Mike. I don't understand. <laughs> See, there you go. There's another one. I think it's a Mikey thing. But Mike? <laughs> <laughs> he's Italian, you have to remember. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> Everybody's Mike over there, you know? Who was on that trip with us? That was, uh, your, your brother was with us. My brother, you, Guido. Uh, Tajiri. Tajiri. Paris was with us. Oh, yeah. DJZ. Was, was uh, was Jazz there? Yes. Because I think. No. Wait. Wait a minute. Sure? Wait, yes. Yeah. I think Jazz was on that show. No. No. She, she, she was, was there no, in March. She, she, was not, well, she, was not, she wasn't in Montreal, though. No, she wasn't. She flew into Toronto. You're right. Man, she was what? great to have. Facade. Was he with us? In Montreal, he was. He didn't come to Toronto. He didn't, he didn't make the drive. No. There's another mic for you. Facade. Yeah. That drove. Fuck. That drive sucked. I don't even think that it did. I think you had a nice time and you're lying. You almost killed me 38 <laughs> times on your fucking phone. Trying to find a text to drive at the same time. It's a, again. We're gonna get back to the generational thing. This is a younger generation. This is a new era. But you have to, you know, get with it. You know, back in the day, we drank, we we drank and drove. Nowadays, right. we text and drive. 
You know what I mean? So we're pussies compared to you guys. That was a fun trip. It was just fucking long. We had some good drinks, some good stories. Did did Tajiri tell you what we did? We were sitting in Montreal, right? Mm -hmm. That's the was going on. Tajiri goes, Tajiri goes to me, goes, Mikey, how long does this drive? I said, too fucking long. I said, he goes, how long? I said, I don't know, like six, seven hours. He goes, oh, he goes, this drive for young boys. I said, yeah. He goes, let's call airport. So we call the airport. Oh, no. To see how much it was going to cost us to fly from Montreal, Toronto, because we did not want to do the drive. Oh, God. I said to Jerry, it's like 700 bucks. He's like, oh, that's a lot. I go, yeah. I go, I guess we're going to drive. <laughs> he slept the whole way anyways. <laughs> oh, shit. Him and Guido. You know, that's too good. 700 bucks. Oh, that would have been hilarious if you guys flew. Oh, we, we called. We, we, <laughs> we inquired. We got kicked tires. I get that. But it was, it was, no, it was fun. It's one of those things where it sucks as you're doing it. But once it's over, you're like, ah, oh, that wasn't that bad. That was actually kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, I got a little less miles on me than you, too. So I still, I still look forward to it well, maybe a little more, too. When it comes to wrestling nowadays, Channing, let me ask you this. Do you, yeah. do you feel like with the new companies, like with, with uh, AEW and obviously NWA, do you think it's becoming more of a resurgence of, of wrestling itself? Do you feel like there's a lot more opportunities for people to get signed to other promotions? Or do you still feel like it's, it's pretty hard to kind of crack some of those companies? Uh, I think that what's happening is that like uh, wrestling is really um, benefiting from a lot of the, the like the social media mediums that are just like, blowing up right now. There's so many different platforms for you to broadcast whatever it is that you're doing wrestling wise, you know, at a very low overhead. So I think that's definitely contributing to, you know, return to studio wrestling like we're seeing with like NWA, that studio system. It looks really cool. Like, I don't know. It shoots a good show. It's a very exciting show as far as I'm concerned. Um, is it is it tougher to crack? I, I don't know. That's an interesting question, maybe for Jerry and Mikey too. I would say I think, of course, there's more jobs. I mean, by comparison, when I got into wrestling, even only seven eight years ago, now a good house on the Indies in Toronto was 200 people. Now a regular, more regular house is five six hundred. I would say in and around the Canadian scene over here. So uh, of a good show. So I think business is up. There's more dates. There's more companies running. So there's going to be more work. Absolutely, that comes with that. Nice. Now, wait, in terms of me, in terms of me, quote, cracking that nut or whatever you wanted to say, get to the next level, I think it is a testament to, do, I mean, Mikey knows how hard I work over here and, you know, what I, yeah. you know, what I like to do in the ring and all that. And it's just a testament to how hard it is to get the, uh, a contract these days. You know, uh, you know, you can't get one laying down. You got to work, you know, you got to do everything 24 seven and relentlessly. And then you got to hope to get a shot. So it's, it is, a, it is a battle. That's wrestling. You know that. Is there, uh, is there anybody out there that you've really, I don't know. I don't want to use the word respected, but anybody out there who you really like to work with that you haven't got a chance to yet that you're like, oh god, if the opportunity presents itself, I think this would be a this would be a perfect situation. In terms of a promotion? Well, no, just as far as a match, just like another another oh, wrestler. Uh, to be honest, I mean, I really idolize Carino. I would love the idea to wrestle in Carino. I idol. I mean, I really look up to a guy like Homicide. I saw him wrestled Homicide. Um, I've been fortunate enough now to wrestle a lot of Mikey and uh, his peers now, uh, save for Jerry and a couple others. But uh, I've been lucky to wrestle a lot of the guys I grew up. Uh, you wrestled the Brooklyn Brawler. What, have I wrestled the Brooklyn Brawler? No. Oh, you said you said my peers. I'm thinking. No, that's that's your, that's your yeah, that's your peers. Uh, Harry Hardy. Well, I gave a good laundry list when I was running, uh, putting you over at the end of the Greek Town show. Uh, I, I can't remember. I left out some big ones too. I forget now. Oh well. But what was the original question there, buddy? Sorry. <laughs> Who would you like to work with right now? Who's 
who's out there? I mean, well, is there anybody? Know, the, well, where are you guys right now? Are you at out, out east, out the, uh, east coast, or where are you, buddy? Like, Mike, I'm in Cincinnati. Oh, you're oh, you guys are all in states. Okay, so uh, basically, what happened for for me is that I can't even work in the U.S. without a visa. So, you know, while I'm building my career in Canada and Japan. Uh, a lot of my American, you know, even friends and buddies, I don't get a chance to work with very much. So there's a bunch of guys in the U.S. on the independent scene that are, would be a lot of first-time matchups for me, whether they be people like uh, Effie or uh, Nick Gage or, or uh, you know, who, whomever else is uh, of the GCW era. You know, I've even wrestled Joey Janela one-on-one. So there's a lot of guys, I think, uh, that in that area that would – Mance Warner that would work for me. Um, and then, again, like I said, Carino, Homicide guys more legendary than that you know i'm still holding out hope that i can book terry funk in greek town i actually just talked to terry funk on the phone yesterday uh, he told me to keep calling him back so i check it on him every now and again he's doing well he keeps claiming he's going to come to greek town one day in some capacity we'll see what he does um but uh, other than that that's probably the laundry list of my my dream gets at this point left uh, this or maybe you know a liger would have always been a dream get but you know that's maybe gone the way of the dodo bird now Terry Funk. We had Terry Funk at NYWC. And Jerry, you were in for this. Uh-huh. Remember, like, earlier in the week or, or, like, a week before, he had knee replacement surgery? Yep. Do you remember? He had knee replacement surgery, and he was supposed to be the special referee. So I said, Terry, what do you want to do? Like, he goes, oh, I'm still coming. Don't you worry. Well, he fucking came. <laughs> I said, Terry, what do you want to do? Oh, I can't do anything. I have my knee. Uh, <laughs> look, it's still bleeding. I said, holy fuck i said he, he goes i'll just be the referee on the floor just every now and then just come over and feed yeah. me and it will be all right i said okay yeah well we have the next thing i know terry's in the fucking ring yeah <laughs> he's been like a ladder on his head he's doing that fucking thing he grabs me for a dnt <laughs> i roll over to him i go what the fuck are you doing i said you can't do anything he goes i can't help it i can't help it i can't help it i said jesus <laughs> Wow, the the I had him. Terry said he he said yes to a booking maybe about three years ago for about a total of six hours. In the six hours that he had said yes to the booking, he had ran over about half a dozen ideas for the show itself. He was so fired up to be there, and then he called me wow. back and said that he had talked himself into a stupor and he was too worked up and he didn't think he should do it. <laughs> so he's, he got a lot of passion still, Terry. He he called me one time at like three in the morning. My phone, I don't answer it. This is, go- this is going way back now. And he calls me again. This is when I had a house phone, when, when people had those. What are those? Yeah, exactly. So the third time the phone rings, I pick. I go, hello. He goes, oh, whippy, goddammit. I said, <laughs> I go, Terry. I, he goes, yeah, Terry Funk, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. I go, Terry, you know it's 3 o'clock in the morning? He goes, well, goddammit, whippy, I knew you'd be home. <laughs> He wasn't wrong. Nope. Wow. For me, he's the greatest of all time. That's it. That's the guy. You know, that's you should have worn shorts for him, man. I should have done the done the Chester Dexter. (laughs) Doctor Michael knows it all. (laughs) We we talked about this with Mikey and Jerry. Now, obviously, I'm going to pose the question to you as well. As far as the, and this is always gets thrown around with wrestlers, what's the Mount Rushmore? What's your personal Mount Rushmore? Well, Mikey and Jerry said it would probably have to be broken down to decades mm. to make to make it fair. That's wild. Would you agree with that, or do you have your own, I don't even know how many is on Mount Rushmore. Is it four or five? 
supposed to be four. <laughs> okay. I don't even know. <laughs> Leave it to the Canadian guy to get that one. Right. <laughs> I'm working on my master's. I got no idea. Who's my four? Who's yeah, who's, four? who's exactly. Who's your Mount Rushmore if you had Ooh. to? In terms of who I, I've just, you know, been most inspired by over the years, I think, like I said, I've said basically their names already. I think it's it's Funk, Carino, maybe Homicide, and Onita. And, you know, that's just the style I'm most intrigued by or interested in. But that the reason why I have a trouble answering that question is because I draw my inspiration in the ring as well from very different performers than those guys. I, I find, you know, my skill set is, is much more athletic or f- footwork based uh, than some of the more brawling guys that I mentioned there. So, you know, I definitely draw from guys like Kota Bushi, uh, whereas I also really watch, you know, these the goats for my greatest, I think, emotional inspiration to me the the intensity and the fervor of the fight that those gentlemen brought that was what made wrestling alive for me and that's that's what i love i don't you know i may be of the new era but what i what i love is the old fight the blood the the the, the pain the screaming the faces the clawing that's what i love so that's why i think for me and you know dusty Rhodes for me is up you know if there was five i don't know <laughs> so you know you see you kind of guess what inspires me the most from my, that answer anyhow would would you have been all about fmw if uh, that would have been in your uh yeah your wheelhouse? to be honest yeah i mean like i i think for me when i uh, so much at the beginning of my career and i find a lot of wrestlers this this happens to is you're tr- constantly trying to learn or prove that you can wrestle you know as opposed to how do you now want to wrestle once you've you know perform or at least perfected a safe version of professional wrestling in the ring and i think for me choosing to let my biggest inspirations breathe through me you know whether it be ecw fmw hayabusa tanaka whomever funko nita mr pogo that though it wasn't who i was based off my aesthetics you know good looking clean cut kid that's what inspired me so i i made the decision to stop projecting what I felt maybe a television promotion wanted to see and just started wrestling from my from my heart, you know, and I think that the fans really connect with that. And that's why I think I end up connecting with the fans so well. I like that. So are you, uh, to get, not to get too personal here, are you single, married? What's your, what's your situation? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go somewhere in between right now. We're, we're starting off some new and exciting things here. Okay. Well, the only reason I was going to say this is because you are, in, in a completely uh, heterosexual, good-looking dude, I'm sure you get approached by Plenty of young ladies. Sure. He's got these fucking blue eyes. <laughs> That's why you stayed up with me on that car ride home, I think. I just stared at him all night long. <laughs> I would catch a glimpse every now and again. He was just staring longingly at me. Blue eyes. Yeah, pretty well, much. I mean, I mean, let's be long, honest here. It was a here. long car ride. You're a good-looking dude. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you could you could get you could get your fair share if you wanted to. Sure. And how does that relate to the conversation of the? It doesn't. It absolutely <laughs> fucking doesn't. There's, there's no. I'm, I'm just. I'm it's just, just an aside, eh? It is absolutely. Well, well, I guess how how it is not an aside actually is though that that's basically the comment that I get. You know, nine times out of ten, when people see me work for the first time, or at least when I started doing this version of myself, was you don't need to do that. You know, I think people get it twisted where they think that weapons based wrestling, hardcore wrestling, is trash wrestling and i think that you know I, to me what i watch I, I watch deathmatch wrestling i watch hardcore wrestling i watch old wrestling i don't know this is you know even the old memphis wrestling is blood and knives and whatever else so i got to me that's what always was a fight to me the authenticity of the scrap so 
you know? <laughs> well, you know, you can still use psychology in those matches. Oh, I think, well, I think totally. what turns a lot of people off is there's so many guys that don't even try to do any psychology. It just turns right. into a, a stunt exhibition. Totally. And and I think that well, the, the brilliant thing there is that kind of what Mike even said that earlier when it, in his match with Kidman is that I think the idea of hardcore wrestling, for me at least, isn't necessarily just chairs you know or weapons or whatever of the sort it's necessary it's i think it's the it's the fervor and the intensity to which everything that you are doing you know if you're taking a buckle you're taking a buckle at 100 miles an hour and you know you're selling the shit out of it i think the bigger the the bigger the batter the more explosive i think to me that's hardcore wrestling not necessarily just the weapons if if you guys agree with me on that i I do i'd agree yeah Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves when someone gets tossed in a buckle and they barely touch it. Like they wouldn't even right. break an egg on it. It's like the, I was taught in camp. You hit that buckle as hard as you can. Hell yeah. I and mean, Brett used to take it sternum first and it looked like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, it, it, and as well to the the comments on just the, j- not just the weapons base. When I had mentioned, you know, even myself drawing from a guy like Ibushi and I had mentioned even, you know, borrowing from your playbook, Jerry, I think that, you know that that as well is that it's you know wrestling that's what's part of the beauty of wrestling is there's such so many different skill sets that comprise a very talented wrestler you know think of how different someone like you jerry versus like the skill set of terry would be but you know both of you guys very hardcore very contributing to you know main event match at any given night at that era you know what i mean and yet two different skill sets to the table i think that's the beauty of it oh yeah you uh, uh, go ahead no, no, pardon me. I'd, I'd love to hear more about what you think about that. <laughs> no, I think you can come up with some really interesting concepts and different ideas of telling stories when you got two guys with completely different styles. Like I Absolutely. Went, when GCW was in Nashville here, I went down to watch a show, and I saw Effie have a match with um, Orange Cassidy. And mm. It was great. They had a great match, and it told a great story. Brilliant. Yeah. And that was just the two strong characters you're saying, you know, polarizing each other in the match. Right. If you have two guys that could work, no matter what the style is. Right. Either you can work or you can't. Yeah, true. And and you have to be willing to work a different style or or try some different things or be willing to do less of your style to adapt to somebody else. As long as you get that and you're talented enough, you can pull it off. Let me ask you this then, because to me, the way I think of it is... If Mikey, like, say you and I have our singles match coming up, whenever, it should still be the best of me mixed with the best of you, as I see it. Or, you know, within the story of you're an older, I would say an older wrestler. I'm a younger up-and-coming wrestler, and we could tell by telling that story, too, in addition to you turning back the clock kind of thing, right? Right. And so, and, the, and the, the way I do it, and it works every time, because it's pretty much a shoot. Mm. You, you know how I walk around. I fucking hobble. Sure. Right. And what happens jolly. is necessarily that's he just mind fucking right there. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> but you know, you know how I walk around. Yes. Slow and kind of fucking hobble. Sure. So what happens is once I'm there and I think about the match, I start to get a little into it. And then the <laughs> adrenaline kick. Right? And then I go out there, do my thing, I pull out a Frankensteiner. Which, yeah. I, which I usually do early because towards the end it's it's almost near impossible. It's a wash. It just takes, <laughs> it just takes people by surprise because they don't expect it. Right. And once which I do that, I did. right. Once I do that, I got them, and then give them a stunner at the end. Yep. And they're happy. You've done the Mikey Whipwreck special. 
Right. So I guess why I bring that up then is because at no point in what we just said then is am I really having to borrow or go into your quote style or medium, right? We're still, it's my style of offense versus your style of offense. You think? Right. Yes. And that, what um, I would do, what I do is I would do, I know what you do. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Exactly. We and and the good thing, not a, not a lot of what you do is, is hard on your opponent. Thank you. You know what I mean? I ended so, up taking the worst of it. <laughs> right. Which is what I did too. So it, geniuses, it makes it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Look at your future. Yeah, wow. It's, it's, it's tantalizing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's just one of those things where I can just, and I've been lucky where the, the kids I want to work with have mm. enough respect for me where if I say, uh, I don't know if I can really do that. Let's try to modify it a little bit. Yeah. They're willing to work with me knowing that it's not 1995 and I can't do what I did 20 years ago. Sure. You know, but you so can it, still do a lot more than you let on. Yeah, in short doses. But I, after that fucking match we had, I was laid up for like two weeks. Really? I cursed you out for like two weeks. I'm you like, never told oh. me that. I did <laughs> fucking stunned through the table on the floor that the fucking thing wasn't going to break. I fucking I told him it wasn't going to break. That. that was too funny. Uh, it's those fucking blue eyes. But they, didn't you, they loved did, it. Did you, <laughs> the blue eyes, didn't you say your your wife had to bring the microphone to do the podcast <laughs> on the couch? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we said that publicly. <laughs> well, it was a hell of a match, so I appreciate you coming down and making that physical sacrifice like you did. I think you cut about 40 pounds to do it. Oh, I tried hard. According to Jerry, it was a pound of dog food. What? Or not, what? Was it, what was it, Jerry? A pound of dog food. <laughs> Mikey was, <laughs> Mikey was oh. losing this weight, and instead of Jerry just saying, man, I'm really proud of you, Mikey, he goes, damn, oh. he goes, you lost the equivalent of a bag of dog food. And I'm thinking, what the, f- what the fuck kind of compliment is a bag of dog food? I mean, that's a lot of weight, though. Because <laughs> have you picked up a 30-pound bag of dog food? That's a lot of weight. To lose. I have not, but I just had never heard someone say, oh, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. You made a great you know, uh, commitment to your health. You just lost the equivalent of a yeah. bag of dog food. And I'm like, what? It is well, an odd choice, isn't it? <laughs> It's because every two weeks I'm gonna have to go pick up a big, huge thirty, forty pound bag of dog food. Right, and I get it now because I know you have pets, so I get I get the reference now. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were just giving him shit, like, yeah, congratulations, you lost weight, dog food. (laughs) No, I thought it was great, and that's a lot of weight to lose. You know what comes after the forty pounds of dog food? The forty pounds of dog shit. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and I know I'm out there picking it up every day. <laughs> Mikey, have you kept it up at all? Oh, I've kept it up. Like the weight up or the weight down? <laughs> oh, I've kept it up. Oh, there you go. I'm not as heavy as I as I was at one point, but I, I, I let myself go a little bit. Well, hell, you know what? There's there's no shows coming up, so I think you'll be all right for now. Yeah, for now. I don't know when there will be again. Let me let me ask you this. I mean, obviously. We're going to get to the whole corona aspect of it, but as far as diet is concerned, I mean, what is your take on that? Are you just genetically – are people in your family just genetically slender or do you have to consciously make sure – This is this is where I get another beer. <laughs> this is where you go get another beer? Uh, I think it's a bit of a combo. I think I, I'm I, – I tend to – if I'm out of the gym, I lose weight. I don't gain weight. So I, I have to work to keep weight on. 
Uh, and to be honest, it is, you know, I've always been committed to the gym since about I've been a teen and eating's part of that. So, you know, I'm lucky in the sense where I can kind of keep a, a, a six pack, you know, if I have a little more fat on me, but I've always been pretty committed to that stuff. You know, it's just as much a part of the game as studying tape or working out in the ring or whatever it may be, you know. A lot of people say um, the abs are actually created in the kitchen. Um, and I, and right. I hear that quite frequently. Would you agree with that as well? I think the abs are made in the kitchen and with very specific crunching exercises at the gymnasium. You can you can work out hard and not necessarily smart. And uh, it was actually, I mean, it was a, it was a combination. I started I started to do some fitness photo shoots at a time, and working with those photographers really helped me in terms of posing and just like muscularity. So that combined with, uh, you know, just getting repetitions and stuff like that, it just kind of went from there. Because, Jerry, didn't you, ha- didn't you make the comment before, and we had heard Edge had made the comment before, once you retired, Edge made the comment, he said, thank God I don't have to wear spandex, I'm going back to eating ice cream. I- I- is there a certain level yeah. of being able to just kind of like, oh, like let it out after you're officially done because you're, the majority <laughs> of your life has been so focused on – oh my God, I'm half naked in front of people. I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself better than normal. Yeah, but and I always said that since I retired, I've eaten more pizza than I've eaten in my entire lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) At my age, too, though, my my metabolism's not as high as it used to be, so I've got to still take it easy. I can't go, you know, stay too carried away with it. We talked Jerry, Jerry, we, about that before. You were talking about when you you were finished with JL. The JL. Yeah, when I was uh, wearing the Mr. JL outfit, man, we were having takeout taxi show up with uh, country fried chicken from Cooker with gravy, and man, I was I was getting a little chunky. And then when I figured I was going to stop wearing this outfit soon, I thought, all right, now I got to get back on board and start watching the diet and start exercising properly again but yeah when you when i covered up my whole whole body you get a little lackadaisical with the diet jerry i got a question for you 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 always had a spectacular physique were you a real gym nut or did you just look at it like that's what you had to do to stay booked to stay at the top of the card to stay at the top of your game how did you look at it no i loved working out that was i mean i worked out straight for probably 24 years straight hell yeah Um, no and if i didn't get it if i missed you know, I understood you had to have a day off here and there. You got to let your body rest and recover. But if I missed more than two days in a row, I would get mad. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I love work. I and I miss it. I, I know I can't train like I used to. I, I trained hard too, and it, it was my stress relief. Absolutely. And, and uh, when I was done with my last match, well, actually, probably six months before my retirement show, I quit working out because. When I would start working out, you know, really good and steady, I'd start feeling better and I'd think, well, maybe I can wrestle a couple more years. And then I thought, nope, I don't want to be tempted to keep trying to wrestle. So I quit working out six months before my last match. (laughs) And since then, I didn't work out for like six years straight. But I had, you know, it it was rough six years. I had a few, you know, I think I've had four or five surgeries since then since my last match where do you feel like you're at now in terms of like how able to recover are you how full tilt in the gym are you able to go these days i'm not even close no yeah and i'm i'm gonna i keep jake keeps hitting me up ddp keeps hitting me up i gotta start i want to try to start doing that uh ddp yoga plus oh hell yeah 
the working out. I mean, I was doing good before this coronavirus thing, and they closed all the gyms. I was really starting to catch my stride, and not heavy weights or anything, but I was getting back into the groove of doing a body part each different day. But now I got to get back at it again here. Well, Mikey was hitting it hard too until Corona hit. He said, "Was it? Is he talking about?" The I was going to say the twelve <laughs> yeah, pack of Corona. Yes. Yes, it is, it is. That's exactly the quote I was talking about. After that fucking match, we went to that pizza place. <laughs> oh, yeah. How much did I fucking eat? I don't recall. Did you? I, can't, you, I know you drank a ton. I don't remember how much you ate. Oh, we didn't stop drinking. No, that's for sure. Oh, that was so much fun. That was a good time. We'll do it again in the near future. You got to bring me at the same time you bring Mikey then. We'll do it. You're from Minnesota. You're coming from Minnesota, though, aren't you? Or where are you? No, Nashville. Are you in Nashville? Okay. Okay, that's easier. That's more central. Yeah. Or direct. All right. Well, there you go. You're hearing, we're hearing it live. They're hearing Greek Town Office Talk live on, on air. Wow. Tremendous. Unbelievable. No more is the Twitter DMs needed. It sounds like it's already booked. <laughs> yeah, it's already booked. I am curious when I'll be able to run again, though. It's so interesting. Like I, I have no way of guessing. I have, what do you guys think? I feel so bad for the guys and girls today. I, it's fucking yeah. horrible. Well, we'll yeah. see how long it goes on for now, right? You you have a regular gig? Uh, uh mostly no, uh, well, oh, uh, and okay. now especially uh, the the one I did keep, keep as well. Yeah, we're off there as well, so oh. <laughs> not right now. But that's most folks around here, other than the essential services. Basically, is that not the lo- are you guys not in lockdown or what are you guys doing? Uh, we're kind we're of lockdown here. Yeah, yeah, it's social pretty much where distance. Too. Yeah, social distancing. Mikey, where are you? I'm in Northeast PA. Oh, an hour and a half north of Philly. So you're socially distant anyways. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I this am is not too. new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, this is not new for you guys. This is oh, Jerry. Jerry's not exactly in the in the uh No, I'm I'm an hour south of Nashville in Manchester, Tennessee. It's a really small town. But see, this is why the relationship works with Jerry and Mikey so well. Mikey doesn't <laughs> like people. Jerry loves everyone. So ah. I, I feel like Jerry helps get Mikey out there. Am, am I correct in that, Jerry? I Even when he's at a convention and I'm not there, and I, time I make him talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, in oh, fairness. It's the, fucking, I, it's the fucking worst. Oh, Mikey, who's that behind you? I don't fucking know. Oh, is, is that what's your name? I go, I, I have no idea who that is. Well, yeah, that's her. Go say hello. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I haven't talked to her in a long time. I haven't seen her. I really like to say hello. Uh, hold on. Then I have to introduce myself. Mikey, what was the story? You went to uh, Chillicothe, Ohio to do an event. And <laughs> I remember, I don't know how many months ago this was that we did this episode, but you made a comment about you were at the autograph table and – was it a kid or who was it that kept coming up to you and kept asking you the same questions like, hey, hey do, you, do you know AJ Styles? Yeah. Yep. That was uh-huh. that was that was Chilakathi. Where you where you tried to order ch- Chipotle? <laughs> I did. They wouldn't deliver it. Oh god! I was I was like a mile out of range, and they wouldn't bring it to me. That's horseshit. You know, what question I always hated when people find out you're a wrestler. Uh, you ever wrestle Hulk Hogan? <laughs> 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 I hate it. Yeah, I've heard it so many times. That's Jerry showing his age. What when, when right, I when I ask you? Well, when I first started, it was, "Hey, do you know Hulk Hogan?" It's like, oh. Then it became, hey, do you know Stone uh, Cold? Stone Cold. Uh huh. Oh, hey. Then it was The Rock. It's like, hey, do you know John Cena? I'm I'm now at the point now. Do you know Roman Reigns? So that that's how far it's come. On that many levels deep. 
Yep. What do you get, Dex? In in regards to what, Dexter? <laughs> oh, what do I get? The man is a guest on the show, and we're still fucking his name up. Yeah, we're he still getting wrong here. Talking to. What do I get? The worst one I guess I ever get, like any of us do, is uh, like, is it fake? <laughs> oh, all day I guess that one. Did, yeah. Not that it, you get it much anymore. I think that conversation has died down. People know more about what pro wrestling is, but uh, yeah, that one always chapped my ass. Well, it doesn't matter what you tell them, though. I I told these guys a story when I was in Global. I was driving to Dallas every weekend, most of the time with Barry Horowitz. The <laughs> gas up the car. And some fans recognized Barry. So right away they came over and started to chat him up. And, of course, the question came up, is it fake? And Barry said, oh, yeah, it's all fake. <laughs> and and the guy, one of the guys says, yeah, but what about those chairs? That can't be fake. And Barry's like, oh, yeah, that's all fake. And he's going, no. <laughs> so, and Barry afterwards says, to me, says, see, it doesn't matter what you tell them. They still want to argue with you. Yeah, yeah. right. It, isn't, isn't that so funny yeah they're, they're not they can't even take yes for an answer at that point right right that's so funny well i mean that's there's certain people that are argumentative that way so i learned to just avoid the conversation altogether and it, you know it's not a very enlightened question anyways i don't think it fake pertains to what we do anyways no i i just tell them well yeah it's just entertainment and i said it's another form of entertainment but i said but the, the physicality is all too real i tell them if it was fake i could still be wrestling yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Do you miss it, Jerry? Yes and no. I mean, when I see what it's become, sometimes, um, in some ways, it doesn't make me miss it. Because, I mean, I guess because of how it is. I mean, I understand. Let me see how I can rephrase this. I mm-hmm. understand that if you want to survive in this or any business, for that matter, you have to be willing to change and evolve with it because everything will change and evolve. And mm-hmm. you have to be willing to change if you want to survive in it. And I understood that. And I did change a lot of things, you know, especially uh, during the ECW years. And mm-hmm. But there were still certain basic principles I would always abide by. And um, like, especially selling. I, I, I realized years and years ago that I didn't want to take a bump for nothing. So I was uh, always made sure I was going to sell, you know, and there's so many things that guys don't even sell anymore. And it's like, well, you just took that bump for nothing and you destroyed a portion of your body for nothing. Right. And plus you're not even trying to make the fans believe, you know? So in certain ways like that, I don't miss it because, and I still think it's worth to try to try and make them believe. Certainly. But, you know, at, on the other hand, yeah, I do miss it. I mean, it's something I did for 24 years. I love it. I still love it. Well, and of course, I think it, I think the conversation uh, can be made that, that, you know, especially given the way, as you say, the game has evolved today to this point. To be honest, somebody of your skill set, Jerry, today is much more considered a you know, world champion across the board, so to say. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there would be no knock against that uh, the, you know the, the sport-based work the athletic style like that that's really much what's in the grappling today that i i think do you agree well i, I don't think i would belong out there anymore even one of the last 
I think it was the second to last show I did for Pro Wrestling Syndicate in New Jersey. They had me in a six or an eight, man. I don't know. I can't remember how many guys were in the match. But there was like Rich Swan and A.R. Fox, and I can't remember a few others. But after they went out and did a few spots, I'm standing there on the apron watching this, and I'm going, I don't belong in here anymore. I was just just like, I can't hang, you know. So you wouldn't even want to do like a six-man tag anymore? Um. Uh, you know, I Oh, this is here we go. No, wait. I can't. Here we now. go. No. I, you know, Stirring the pot, boys. That's why you got Channer Dexler on, you know. I like it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I, if I could, I probably would, but my uh-huh. neck won't allow me. I could be, you know, I found out. Probably the last three years I wrestled, I could have been paralyzed. So my neck was that bad. Well, uh, Channing, let me let let me ask you this. So, yeah. like, you know, we talk about guys like Jerry and obviously guys like yourself. Mm. When was the tipping point when the big, beefy, muscular guys weren't as prominent, looked upon as world champions, and now you got guys like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, and you see a lot of guys who do work that more of a Jerry Lynn style, if you will. Mm. When did that change? Who did that change with? What individual do you think really started to change the mindset of a guy who's not six foot five, a guy who's not you know twenty four, twenty five inch arms and twenty three inch waist and whatever? When did that change? I, I know who I want to say. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, a lot of people would say CM Punk. What do you guys think? What do you say? Oh my what? gosh. <laughs> When did when did when did the Vince euphemism or the Vince version of a champion at six six jacked up you know tan god? When did that version of the champion transition or start to transition to the Smaller. more sport based pro wrestling that we have today? Now I would Bret say Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Bret yeah. really that long ago? I, I can't agree because he was a lot about, smaller than the giants that were back then. But there was Bret just so many jacked up, juiced yes. up champions after him, though. Yeah, but 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 Brett started the whole. Brett to me, Shawn the Michaels. juice went with Benoit. To be honest, what do you guys think? I think the juice went out with Benoit. I, I'm going to have to go with that as well. I think when WCW put the championship on him, I think that was kind of the turning point when they were like, "This guy can go. He's not 300 pounds. He I don't even know how tall he was. Five five <laughs> tops. You know, but." I really do think it was right around that time frame that they started to realize. Well, I'm actually uh, – let me just say this, uh, Mike, actually, that I was actually referring to <laughs> the colloquial term of juice in terms of, like, steroids. Like, I, I view that wrestlers got smaller after Benoit's death, I think. Like, I think that, the, you know, they, they were literally looking to move away from that image, I think, at that time. And I think that's why guys – you know, you started seeing the Cody Rhodeses, the – more natural looking the Randy Orton's at his thinnest, you know, like the more natural looking physiques. Uh, I think that probably allows the door open for a guy like CM Punk to be champion, who's, you know, would have been regarded as like an indie throwaway before any time of that era, I would say. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Bret Hart. Bret Hart still. Okay. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you explain you know? though? Let me I ask think- you guys this. How do you explain Daniel Bryan? How do you how do you wrap your your thought process if you're the booking team and you say who are we going to put it on and then you go with him because it at what point does it matter what size or what they look like as opposed to how much merchandise is he selling how much tickets is he selling all that kind of stuff it always doesn't just work like that either I mean the the 
office, the booker, the owner, whatever, someone's got to take a liking to you. And yeah. they're the ones who determine who their stars are going to be. You can be the greatest thing since sliced bread on the indies, but if the right person don't like you, you ain't going to be there. You got to take that into consideration too. Because they can take anyone and make them a star if they really want to bad enough. I, I would also say, too, that I think they were an interesting era where fans ha are so vocally involved in what happens on the television product uh, that that sway, I think, really changes what we end up seeing on TV as well. What do you guys think about that? Have you I watched WWE lately? I think he books to entertain himself. You have to wonder, right? Because it seems to not be pleasing others. <laughs> well, I mean, look at it from this perspective, Channing. I think you're right. I think that the promotions are more listening to their audience because they're the ones who buy tickets. And and mm. I, I, I get the standpoint of, you know, everybody wants to be an armchair quarterback. But there's a reason why they're in the stands and the coach is on the sideline. I, I, I also understand that analogy. Well, See that I I I mean I completely agree with. I think the point I think I'm thinking of too is that w one thing that's changed greatly from the time that when I started off being a fan as a kid, you know, earlier in the 2000s or late 90s, was that I think that they're like kayfabe in a more literal sense was uh, more prominent in the sense where I feel like if an if the office wanted a guy to get over, that the fans were less. I think literate of work rate at the time and maybe more willing to swallow someone that an office was willing to put down their throats. Whereas right. now I find the audience is so well-versed on wrestling itself that unless you can really perform in the ring to the style of the day and the expectations that the fans don't accept you. Agreed. There's a lot more talent out there that can go now too than there used to be. Yeah. It's the work rate that's getting those workers over too, as opposed to say in the past, a gimmick or a set of abs or a tan, say. Right. Which is, a, you know, great for wrestling-based wrestlers, you know what I mean? Like real true blue pro wrestlers. <laughs> it's a good time in that regard, yeah, for wrestlers, absolutely, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about, the, think about this, though, for example. The radicals who went from WCW to the WWF at the time, those guys were amazing wrestlers, but they could never mm. get over because they were always overshadowed by these other personalities but did not have the dedication and work rate. They were more I would, caricatures. I want to I ask you guys a question. You have to with this. I said this the other day in an interview where I said – this slipped out, I felt like, where I was talking about Dark Side and I said, I said, I think soon Eddie Guerrero would start to be in the – or already is in the conversation with uh, Terry Funk as like a goat, pure goat of our industry of all time. And then I, and my, the second thought I had of the matter was, we all know that Terry couldn't hold a candle to Eddie's work, but where do they stack up as legends and icons and idols in our business to you guys? Well, you can't compare like someone from decades before their work rate to someone, you know, three, four decades later. Well, I think, I think you can, I think that they would probably as find a way to have a great match together. No, I mean, I, oh yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I'm trying. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Because that's a tough one. Uh, Those two are particularly tough to compare. <laughs> but when you look at each one of them's body of work, they're both great. Right, and that's what the unifying factor there is. I think they're just so they were so great for so long, you know. But you couldn't think of any more different performers in the ring, right? Right. Would the analogy be your favorite restaurants? And here's what I mean by that. Like, let's say you and your wife like to go out to an Italian restaurant. 
I love that restaurant, but then well, sometimes you want to go out and uh, have maybe Mexican food. So the the point is though, you can have they're great in their own essence. They're great in their own genre. Does that make sense as well? Instead of saying, well, what's better, Mexican or Italian? Well, they're two different things completely, but they're both amazing in their own right. Does that make sense? I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it does make sense, but I don't think that well, the way I look at it more, I guess, with uh, Eddie versus Terry, I guess that even though you may prefer Terry to Eddie or taste, whichever, I think objectively speaking, I mean, like Eddie as a human is possessing more physical skill sets and attributes than Terry. And does that give him a leverage when we think of the greatest of all time? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I wonder. I don't think it's just based on that. It's based on, um, it's, it's based on if, if you can grab everyone's attention and that's right. what the business is all about is right. building a bigger house and building bigger ratings and getting people to watch. And if you can grab and capture their attention you're on to something and that's what those two men did Cassidy, the guy's right. over you exactly then that's the break sweat i think it's just interesting because i obviously we're doing the um the overbooked hashtag the book club and i'm coming out with a new episode with with that we're talking about different things and i think here we go again with the <laughs> fucking book club mikey i know you listen to the book club i'm i'm aware that you do i haven't you know. heard one episode it's not one what about Sabu's book? You don't let. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ever since then, that... I'm fucking boycotting. You, do you got that skateboard in that coffin there, Jer? <laughs> At one time in Detroit, I remember I was working for All Sabu's right. uncle. Oh, you no, suck. I, what was I about to say? Um. Okay, I know what I was going to say. So the, so the point is this, okay? Paul Heyman saw. Shane Douglas as the franchise, okay? Vince McMahon saw Shane Douglas as Dean Douglas. The point is, though, Shane himself had amazing talent, but through two different people's eyes, he became two different products. So if you were to look at Dean Douglas's record, would you say Dean Douglas was one of the best? No, you wouldn't. When you look at Shane Douglas, would you say he's one of the best, in my opinion, of all time? I would. Not only from what he could do in the ring, but the fact that he was awesome on the microphone. So I guess it also boils down to what Jerry was saying earlier about it depends on who wants to push you and who doesn't want to push you, even if the talent exists. Well, I mean, in the same token, I don't think anybody would shit on Terry for his Chainsaw Charlie run, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. You know, I, I mean, I guess I see the point you're trying to make. Yeah, some guys get snookered. He, he might be the best example of a guy that got snookered by the sounds of it. Shane got outpoliticked is what yeah. happened in WWE. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up real quick. You know, Mikey, as we say goodbye, you know what Here it's time go. for. It's time for shout-outs. Who's ready Uh-oh. for some shout-outs? Greg Brown, Mojo Riverfish, EJ Miller, Liam Savage. Thank you so much for interacting with us on social media. So many different people. Uh, I, have I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. You asked people to send in questions. I was just about, yes. And you totally fucked them. Yeah, I didn't fuck anybody. It was a great conversation. I did not want to interrupt it. It's well, a good thing that Mikey called me. You guys would have been tits up for work on this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're Hold on. We're tits up for work every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, Channing, this is this is part for the course here. I didn't fuck anybody with this. It, we have a special guest here, and I want to make sure we give them as much airtime as possible. Okay. Greg Brown asked a question that he asked thirty-seven weeks ago. 
Well, hold on. That was two asked, weeks ago. And now we asked it again, and you're fucking him again. Okay, hold <laughs> we'll, You know what? We'll Let's give it to him next week. We'll get back to it. We're going to give it to him next week. Greg Brown, we love you. Thank you for submitting your question again. Uh, had a big guest this week, we'll so that's just the way week. it goes. Don't worry. You can ask yep. it again another 13 weeks. Yep. We'll answer you... it when he's in a handicap stall. That's right. That's right. Using my bidet. I do want to say this as well. Everybody, if you get a chance, go over to AAW Wrestling. They have a great promotion that's going with Indiegogo. It's called Fight for the Fallen. It is money dedicated to all the boys and girls who go out there and perform really hard. They've lost a lot of bookings, uh, as Channing has even mentioned before. If you have any type that you can donate, a dollar, two dollars, whatever, think about them as well. Because at the end of the day, they go out there and they do everything they can to entertain you. So right now is when they need your help. Please go ahead and show your love and also retweet these messages and let people know that, guess what, we support you even though wrestling, unfortunately, is not not happening. Um, Channing, anything you want to plug as far as social media? Where can people go ahead and find you? Oh, you can certainly find me across social media. In terms of things to plug, but none of us have shit to do, man. We don't have any wrestling shows. We can't <laughs> do anything like that. I have to develop an online live streaming persona now. I have to get real charisma and personality to, to make up for this lack of bookings. Uh, but you can certainly, in the meantime, find me on Instagram at the Channing Decker, Twitter Channing underscore Decker, uh, and of course Greektown Wrestling as well on those and YouTube. Uh, we have a channel as well. Uh, man, I appreciate you guys calling me, Mikey. You know I, I love getting you on the phone, even though it's hard to do that. Jerry, it's a pleasure to talk to you for the first time. I can't wait to have uh, you to Greektown and just make sure that uh, Mikey's wife lets him out of the house. Can't wait <laughs> to get up there. It's going to be a blast, guys. Thanks for having me. After this quarantine, Absolutely. she'll be having me out of the house quicker than you can fucking do anything else. Oh my god! It's just I can't. And I'll let you know as well. I'll embarrass Mikey, and I guess me at the same time all at once. The amount of times I, I think maybe every other time I talk to my mother, she says, "How's Mikey doing?" <laughs> and I always lie and say, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Love you, buddy. I love you too, bud. Oh, love you guys. You guys take care. I'm leaving, okay? All right. Sounds Thanks. good. We'll see ya. Bye-bye, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, there right. you go. So, All right. man, very cool. What a fun episode. Extra long, extra long episode for everybody to help you uh, get through these difficult times when you are uh, quarantined in your house. Gentlemen, just, before we... Uh, just what they need. More of Mikey and Jerry. That's right. That's oh, what yeah. the world needs, my friend. Uh, if you guys are enjoying what we're doing, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees. Go ahead and get yourself a Mikey and Jerry shirt. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you like about the show, and we would be more than happy. Once again, I do appreciate the questions. I didn't even yeah, okay. anyone. Yeah, yeah. We had we had a superstar with us this week, and it, it, time just ran out. But I do have your questions. Please don't send your hate mail towards me. <laughs> We will make sure they get read. Sure. All right. <laughs> who, who who just said sure? Was that uh... Mikey? Mikey. Sure. Oh God. We'll read your questions next week. Sure. Don't sure. You worry. <laughs> All right, guys. That's gonna do it for this week on Front Row Material. We'll catch you next week.
Live at MLW Radio never stops. 